The High Power Hangout is a podcast that promotes and supports firearms, sports, and firearm safety. I do not support crime, negligence, illegal actions, or misuse of firearms. Always treat every firearm as if it was loaded, point them in a safe direction, and never put your finger on the trigger until you intend to safely fire and always be aware of what's behind your target. Discussions on this podcast, write-ins, or guest appearances are not responsible for your actions or inactions as a result of content covered in the show. Do not use reloading data from the show without working up from a considerably more conservative charge and solely working up until a safe load can be obtained. Welcome back to the High Power Hangout. I'm JP, and today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. I'm just on a few off days during my work cycle, so I thought I'd share some thoughts that have come up lately. This one will be a fairly quick one and mostly unscripted because, well, just like last time, I have one day off here and I have a bunch of reloading and cleaning to do. But unlike last time, I'm actually going to get my triple match week in not once, but twice in a row. I have two matches left on my triple match week and then it's back to work, it's wedding season, and then it's back to shooting at the end of the month. Really quick though, I want to say thanks to everybody that wrote in over the last few weeks. I was working with a shooter that was squatted with me last year and he's having some really, really wacky offhand gremlins. Really wacky. We've both come up with a handful of ideas. I'm hoping that he can get to the bottom of it and maybe we can share that success story later. It's truly one of the more interesting situations that I've heard of in offhand. And sir, you're not alone. You're about to hear about my wackiness in prone in just a few moments. But first, how about a quick morning pump-up? Why is this sport so great? Well, we do a ton of prep work by ourselves or with our children or with parents. We get up fairly early and watch the sunrise while we're on the way to the range and hopefully with a hot cup of coffee. We unload all of our gear, we get everything all set up, and we mentally prep for the whole day. We catch up with our good friends, we swap stories from the last month or winter or maybe since the last match. And then we face the incredible task of sending a little projectile hundreds of yards into a very small area. And hopefully we're doing a better job than the competitor next to us. We all have different goals in mind too. Some of us are there to win. Some are there to just enjoy the day. Some are there to just get out of the house and get some alone time or maybe their spouse kicked them out because they were home too much. And some of them are there to spend time with kids or parents or maybe their grandparents. And we're also a great, tight-knit community of people who constantly help each other even though we're trying to kick the snot out of each other's scores. Cooperation was a term that I recently heard and that's fairly accurate to what we do. So whether you're having a great day on the range or like me walking away this Tuesday with my tail between my legs, remember that What we get to do is damn challenging, but it is really damn cool. All right, what would this podcast be without a little NASCAR chat? I'm not happy. I like nearly every NASCAR driver except two of them, and maybe a third one after this last week, but the first one is Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano. Now, Denny won the last race in Kansas this week, and He was chasing down Kyle Larson, and in the last lap, he got into Kyle Larson's left rear corner and sent him into the wall and stole the win. In his post-race interview, he barely even acknowledged it and just started talking about how great his team was. Dude, come on. Imagine shooting a really great score, putting you in second place, and then walking over to another shooter who's on the final relay and about to beat your score, and you kick his boot during his last shot of slow prone causing them to miss, and then telling everybody, you worked so hard and you're the best shooter here and you earned it. Yeah, that's Denny Hamlin. In his own words, what a hack. Anyway, 
Somebody recently reached out to me about my sling terminology, and I guess it was slightly confusing by what I was saying. And that's totally acceptable because actually I listened to it afterwards and I can understand where they were coming from. So what we were talking about was measuring where to set your sling settings if you're switching to a new brand of sling or a new type of sling. When you lay your sling out flat, you have the frog and the hooks on one end of the sling, and then you have about two feet of pierced sling, and then you have the holes where the frogs hook into. So what I meant to say was when you measure to a different brand of sling compared to your original sling, measure from the frog hook to the proper holes and mark that spot. Don't do it from the other tip to hole. Or that sounded wrong. Never mind. Don't. You get the picture. That's what I was trying to say. So on that note, actually, Conrad Powers had just posted a recent video about swapping web slings and setting that up. He used a little different format than the standard Conrad that we're used to, and I gotta say, kinda liked it. It reminded me of a YouTube channel called My Mechanics, which, go check that out for, for really intricate restorations if you're interested. And then when you're done, go check out Conrad's new video about sling setup called New High Power Season New Web Sling. So let's get into a quick results rundown because there's some rather interesting things that I had happen to me that maybe they'll interest you. So like I mentioned, an interesting week of shooting's gone by. In competition in the last week, I fired 330 rounds just in competition. You'd think anyone would have it down by now, but it's still early in the season and some weird stuff has been popping up. Offhand, I'm fine there. Things are settling down. Yesterday, I ran 41 shots of offhand, and it ended up feeling really comfortable. Sitting is fine, slightly ahead of last year's scores month over month, but prone, that freaking prone. I actually thought I was getting somewhere last Tuesday during league night. I opted to shoot in the windy section of the range because it was one of those rare days where it actually had wind blowing at this range. I had just come off the line with a 794 and 36X, which I was fairly pleased with. Who wouldn't be? And I was looking forward to shooting another 40 rounds in practice and then another 40 in competition later that evening. As I was undoing my sling, the wind blew a flake of whatever into my left eye. Whatever it was, it decided that it wanted to check out the entirety of my eyeball and lodged way into my upper left eyelid. I couldn't look left. I couldn't blink like a normal person. There was no way that I could shoot. I flushed it with the first aid kit flush from the range house, and it still wasn't helping. So I packed up and went home, and I went straight to the urgent care doc. They numbed my eyeball and sent a really long Q-tip deep into my upper eyelid and came out with whatever squatter of foreign object debris was up there and laid it on the table. It was definitely a wood chip or a leaf or something. It had a big scratch on my cornea and sent me home blinking like an idiot for the rest of the day. And actually, it canceled a work trip too because I need my eyes 100% tip-top shape for work, safety first. Believe it or not, I was actually wearing my shooting glasses. Yep. The same pink, I mean, uh, rose, deco, high-wide Elton John glasses. Yeah, you know the kind. A listener named Mark from Wisconsin seriously doubted it was even a wood chip flake. He said he thought it was probably some glitter from my fancy special glasses blowing off in the wind. Checkmate, you got me there. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. There's been a lot of variables that have popped up that I'm really trying to eliminate. For example, I have a new sling. That's the leather Hollis sling, and it's extremely thick, which creates a lot of material behind the support hand in all the positions. 
Also, I find it really difficult to keep the sling loop on the backside of my tricep like those biothane turners I had been using last year. I hate to say it, but that's variable number one that we're going to get rid of. Back to the old biothane turners for now. Variable eliminated. Next, new barrel. The Brux came in from White Oak, and it's a hammer. I'm actually really pleased with it, but I'm seeing a ton, ton, ton of carbon buildup, gunk, soot, and so on on my bolt carrier group and the bolt. It's taking me well over 45 minutes to get that thing clean, and that's not normal. I've also watched my SDs drift from the high single digits, low double digits to more than 20 and almost 30. Now, I'm not blaming my poor shooting on that, but it needs to be addressed. The upper is currently back at White Oak now at the White Oak Salon and Spa. It's getting looked at. I'm no gunsmith, I'm no expert with this rifle, and I'm sending it back to get a checkup to see if there's any parts that might be wearing beyond limits that maybe I've missed. They are the experts, and I trust them without hesitation. So now I'm back to last year's BART line. I'm still not 100% sold on its performance, but it seems to be warming up to me. Or up to me, me up to it? I'm warming up to it? Whatever. I've seen it shoot really good groups, and it seems to like the normal intensity reloader 15 that I have, so I'm going to put it back in the lineup for now. There's another variable eliminated. Next one, I don't have any seating depth testing on my 600-yard load. That one's on me, and I've tested it. Burger 80 and a half, 24.0 Reloader 15, CCI 450, Starline 556 cases. I had been seeding them just under 30 thousandths off the lands because I thought that's what my last barrel liked, but nope, wrongo. That's my boneheaded rookie mistake. I had heard that 130 thousandths off the lands, yes, 130 thousandths off, was a good sweet spot for some people. I tried it at 600 and no, not so great for me. I tested it, and it came up about 100 feet per second slow, and the groups were all over the place. So I tested three shots with certain other depths, the lands, 5 thousandths, 10, 20, 30, 40, 110, 120, and 130 thousandths off the lands. And it turns out my barrel hates everything I was feeding it except 40 thousandths off the lands. That group was dynamite. The others look like maybe I handed the rifle off to my dog. Woof. <laughs> anyway, so that'll be my plan for tomorrow's match in Wisconsin for the 600-yard line. Variable eliminated. The last variable, hold your laughter till the end. I can't remember where the hell I used to put my right elbow in slow prone. I've really been struggling with this because where you put your right elbow directly affects where your right shoulder or your left shoulder for all you southpaws where your shoulder lands when you're in position, and ultimately how you manipulate the trigger consistently. Does anybody else have this issue, or is it just me? It seems like everybody and their stepmom can shoot slow prone, no problem. But if I just try to do it naturally, it goes cattywampus. Or kittywampus. Kittywampus. Yesterday I was trying out a new technique where I would put around in the chamber, put the butt into my shoulder, grasp the hand grip, and then drop my right elbow naturally. I kept saying to myself, shoulder, grip, down, shoulder, grip, down. That was my mental focus for getting into prone and position. It worked for a little bit, and then it started to get really funky. I got stomped by my friend Larry at the Tuesday night group, who only dropped one measly point. Nice shooting. I wrote in my notes, look at Perry feedback from my man diary. Well, I didn't have much to work on. 
I couldn't remember how I was shooting 600 so consistently towards the end of last year. Weird, right? How do you forget where your elbow and shoulder goes in prone? Anyway, to the rescue, out of the blue is a gal named Serena Joshnowski. And God, I really hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. Last week, she sent over some photos from Camp Perry last year that had my ugly mug in them. Alas, she had a few photos from my 6 o'clock position while I was in prone, showing my elbow almost straight down from my shoulder. That's right, I remember pulling my elbow closer to the body, creating a more solid position with my shoulder in sling. How long would it have taken me to realize that if it wasn't for her? My hero. Thank you, Serena. If you haven't heard of her, she's absolutely wonderful. She's a great photographer, a wonderful writer for shooting sports of all disciplines. She's a great shooter and an overall gem of a person. We met at Camp Perry in 2022 on squatted practice, and she was probably making fun of my Where's Waldo shirt that I was wearing underneath my shooting coat. If you're interested, you can see some of her work at serenashoots.com, S-E-R-E-N-A shoots.com, or go find her on Facebook. With all that teamwork there, variable eliminated. I'll have to put all that work into my next match tomorrow and see if I can get something useful out of it. How about a quick hop into the equipment engagement and finish the day with a quick range shout out for my friends at Fort Defiance Rifle and Pistol Club in Illinois. Okay, let's make this one a quick one. I'm a tried and trusted kind of guy, but curiosity killed my cat. So today we're going to talk about two barrel cleaning products that I picked up at the end of last season and how they relate to the good old standard Hoppies number 9. The first product I wanted to try was Patch Out by Sharp Shoot R Precision Products. Sharp Shooter Precision, you get it. Combined with their additive Accelerator. This is a two-part solution that others have sworn by. Now, I first saw this on a YouTube video from Eric Cortino watching Speedy Gonzalez's cleaning process. I decided to give it a shot and do a 100% copycat test against my normal cleaning method using Hoppies number 9. Long story short, you can run a patch of accelerator fluid down the barrel and knock out the crud, then use a nylon brush with either patch out by itself or patch out plus the accelerator one time down the barrel. You can let it sit for 30 minutes or you can let it sit as long as overnight, whichever you prefer, and then run a dry patch through and clear everything out. Supposedly, it cleans out fouling and powder like nothing else on the market, so they claim. The accelerator part is just an add-on. It either doubles the cleaning in a given amount of time or allows you to do the same amount of cleaning in half the time. It seems like this product wants to be more of a chemical cleaner than a scrub cleaner because the instructions say do not scrub the barrel because it will reduce the effectiveness of the cleaner. After three or four sessions of barrel cleaning with this, I can't say it's anywhere near as effective as barrel cleaning than the Hoppies number 9. Now I've given it a fair chance, swapped out different techniques, and I just tested it again last night after 199 rounds down the barrel, and it took forever to get cleaned out. I gave up, and I switched right back to Hoppies. So I hate to say it, but I'm going to say if you come across this product, maybe just leave this one at the store. Okay, and I don't want to completely crap on the product. The only thought I have as a pro is why somebody might be using this is maybe somebody like Speedy, who's doing bench rest, is using it at maybe a reduced shot count compared to a service rifle, folks, and maybe that's better suited for them. Let's face it, I mean, bench rest shooting is a whole different breed, 
and they have a whole different set of requirements to make them competitive. The other cleaning product I was using is ThoroClean Bore Cleaning Systems by the folks at Bullet Central. This one is a little more aggressive than the Patch Out Accelerator folks claim to be, and I have better luck with this one than the last one. This is a similar system to the Patch Out Accelerator group in that it's a two-bottle product. The instructions say to clear the bore with a patch full of the Thorough Flush. Then take the Thorough Clean, apply it liberally to the nylon bore brush, and stroke the hell out of the barrel. They encourage a lot of this stuff to be used, even up to one teaspoon, with reapplication during the brush strokes. After the brush scrubbing, take a dry patch down the bore, throw in some more thorough flush, and clear out the gunk. The claim on the bottle is that if you check it with a boroscope, and I quote here, the results will be astonishing. Your bore will be free of copper and carbon fouling and will literally leave your barrel looking like bright, clean steel. End quote. False. Sounds good. Doesn't work. At least not quite that well. And now we know what I read like a kindergartner. In my experience, I found this cleaning product to be extremely messy. The Thorough Flush is a fairly liquid solution similar to Hoppy's, but the Thorough Clean is almost like a creamy goop, similar to like pasty syrup or something. It coats your bore guide and cleaning rod and it's annoying to clean off. Also, I've done four or five cleaning sessions with it, and while it's better than the Patch Out, it's definitely not better than the Hoppy's, and definitely more messy. I'll keep it on the bench when I maybe want to mix things up and feel frisky, but it doesn't live up to its hypes, that's for sure. So for now, Hoppies, you win. Hey, tell me if you got something better out there. I've heard of stuff like Butch's Borshine, Witch's Brew, and so on, but I've honestly never tried them. If you have something better than the old Hoppies number nine, I'd love to hear about it. JP at HPHpodcast.com. I'm a sucker for new products. If you're still here, you've stuck through a lot. Only one more segment before I let you go, and that's the range shout-out for my new friends at the Fort Defiance Rifle and Pistol Club in Wyoming, Illinois. Yes, that's like saying New Mexico, Montana, but it's a real place, even if the weather forecasters on AccuWeather.com don't recognize it as an actual city. I had the privilege of shooting an 80-round match here recently, and it was a blast. It's a 200-yard reduced range nestled into the hills and trees, and it's one of the more scenic ranges I've shot on. The range has eight firing points with silver mountain electronic targets. They use a really sneaky method of switching target faces where there's a big circle cut out in the target and the faces are already pasted onto them. Switching from a 200 yard to a 300 yard to a 600 yard is lightning fast. The people here are great all around. I saw match rifles, service rifle, and vintage rifles all for the same match on the same firing line. Shooters came from all over Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, and Probably, honestly, some other states that I just wasn't aware of. Everyone was welcoming and the weather was great. This was a small range in reality, but there were a few of the Illinois State Rifle Team members here and there's good competition. Also, I learned not to hustle the Illinois Hard Dog Junior Shooters. I lost money in an offhand score bet. Nice work, dude. But the match is fast and efficient. With two relays, we were done by noon. Teardown took an entire 12 minutes and he timed it and we had ice cream in hand shortly afterward. I look forward to shooting here again. If not for the shooting, then definitely for the ice cream. Fort Defiance Rifle and Pistol Club in Wyoming, Illinois. Check it out next time. Next match is June 3rd for an 80-round high-power match. The stat office opens at 8. Firing starts at 9, so don't be late. All right, that wraps it up. Thanks for hanging in there so long. 
I'm hoping to have good results at the next match in Racing, Wisconsin tomorrow, and then back to my home range at the Eastern Nebraska Gun Club in Louisville, Nebraska next Saturday. The schedule is super, super packed, but I'm hoping to get another episode in a few weeks to you. Maybe I'll just do a quick check-in episode and see how you're doing in between the bigger episodes. Anyway, if you have input, tips, suggestions, jokes, NASCAR thoughts, whatever, shoot me a quick email, jp at hphpodcast.com. That's HPH for the High Power Hangout. Remember to make every single shot count. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>